Militarily Speaking, Episode 31, Rags of Honor, Veteran Roasters. Are we getting a two-for-one today? We are. We are. This episode, we talked with Mark Doyle, founder of Rags of Honor and Veteran Roasters. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean and Jody Vickery. I'm the Regional Military Executive for Armed Forces Bank, and Jody is the Executive Vice President, Director of Military Consumer Lending, and a lot of other duties as assigned. Yes, that is You should be getting a project every 4.37 days, don't you? Rounding down, yes. <laughs> that is, in fact, maybe true. Again, welcome to our show. We're excited to have you listening and learning all about our guest, Mark Doyle. Mark, I'm going to take a couple of minutes here to introduce you to our audience. So hang with me. Mark is the founder of Rags of Honor, a silkscreen shop that is 100% run and operated by homeless and chronically unemployed veterans. He is also a founder of Veteran Roasters, a veteran-owned and staffed coffee brand that sources, roasts, and distributes its own coffee beans, cold brew, and other coffee products. So right there, you know, it's kind of like you had me at hello, <laughs> you had me at coffee. In addition to the charitable pursuits, Mark is also the president and CEO of Prairie Avenue Advisors, a Chicago-based business development, management, crisis communications, and consulting firm, as well as the former director of Prairie Community Bank in, is it Marengo, Illinois? Yes, Marengo, Illinois. So he has another job beside the other two jobs? He has several jobs I've come to learn. Okay. Yes, several. Mark, he's had maybe more jobs concurrently than we've had in our whole lives. That's true. So. Facts. Mark was the director of advance for President Bill Clinton's presidential campaign in 1992 and went on to serve as the deputy director of presidential personnel in the White House. In 2006, he was hired by then-Senator Joe Biden to help him prepare for his 2008 presidential bid. From 2006 through 09, Mr. Doyle traveled full-time with then-Senator and later Vice President Biden and maintains a close personal relationship with him today. In 2010, Mr. Doyle was engaged by the United States Army as a financial subject matter expert and deployed to Afghanistan as part of Task Force 2010, the anti-corruption task force that was stood up by Admiral Mullen. Their mission was to create a flow of funds analysis on billions of U.S. contracting dollars being extorted in the battle space. Mr. Doyle has written for the Chicago Tribune about the Afghanistan operations and is a frequent guest in Chicago on their flagship radio station, WGN. So you know, I want to know if you had a preview of, of the uh, presidential announcement today. Actually did. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, plus, if he's that close with him, he can maybe give me some swag. This is right? like six degrees some of White presidential House separation. Yeah. But, hey, Mark, the WGN thing, I grew up in Chicago. We talked about that. And I miss watching Cub games every day as long as they're doing well, but they don't do really well. Yeah. Every 108 years. 108 years. You're right. <laughs> like so flood. we'll be around for the next 108. But the, but now they're on mar like marquee, right? Is that the new is that the new station? Yes. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a little bit. That was in poor taste for 108 years. WGN stayed by their side. Yeah. And it was about the money. They got a better deal. Once they won the World Series, they skipped and went to somebody who gave them more money. You know, they, they've won so much. Can you remember what year did they win the World Series? Was it, what, 2016 or something like that? 2016, yeah. I think. Yeah, because yeah, it was 108 years. Yeah, they, right. they keep winning. So, yeah. I don't see that happening very soon. You know, mm -hmm. when they were 11 and 6, they were fine. Now they're 12 and 9. All right, so let's go back to uh, business. Yes, yeah. please. Welcome, Mark. It's <laughs> sorry. You had me at coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm still stuck on the intro. Like, uh, he runs a coffee, coffee roastery. Welcome, Mark. It's such a pleasure to have you on our show and to have been able to spend a few minutes with you in advance of this as well. 
We appreciate your being here. And I think we just want to dive right in because there is no end to the list of things we could cover today. So could you just tell our audience a little bit about Rags of Honor and Veteran Roasters? Who are you? What do you do? Kind of what was the catalyst to get all of that going? That might be a very long answer, but we'd love to have our audience hear it. Well, thankfully, you covered so much so eloquently in your lead up. My job is half done for. (laughs) But the, the short answer is when I was on the ground in Afghanistan, I was surrounded by a lot of very young soldiers and Marines, mostly soldiers and Marines, Army and Marines, and several of them who are drive team members were on their third and fourth, some on their fifth deployment by the age of 25. And when I came back, this is going back to 2011, you started to see the impact at that point of 10 years and two wars, Iraq and Afghanistan. And you started to see just the influx into the shelters of homeless veterans. And you started to see the increased rise in veteran suicides. And so I just decided that we had to do something. As you said in the the intro, I did write for the Chicago Tribune, and I lectured at the Naval Postgraduate School. But the more I saw just around Chicago, I just decided one day, and frankly not with a whole lot of pretense, to go and try and make a difference in my own community. And one of the questions I know that, that you had sent me, you had asked about why silk screening. And it was a pretty simple answer is that the t-shirt business is about a $19 billion a year business. And at every hotel, every restaurant, there are 10K runs and 5K runs. And I thought of the two-part answer. One would be that there's a big market here in Chicago that I thought we could garner pretty quickly. The second was that because they're a military, they're probably mechanically inclined. And in fact, if there's ever a time, there's an anecdote about how one of my guys I hired had been a mechanic in Afghanistan. He fixed a machine in the middle of a massive run that saved the day for us, (laughs) truly. And so I just thought it was also somebody, an easy way to break somebody back into a cycle of work if they've been in a homeless shelter. And that's why we got into the silkscreen business as a barrier to entry was easy. People who are acclimated to working with their hands and we just went to work. And did you want to talk a little bit about veteran roasters and kind of the same sort of backstory on that organization? So down the hall from us where we had our silkscreen operation, I smelled somebody roasting one day. So I knocked on their door and they had a small, great craft roasting operation. And so I bought a bag because I needed coffee and I to this day, obviously, because he's my partner, I said, this is probably the best coffee I've had in the city. And so I had the opportunity to speak with him about helping me build a second vertical that perhaps every veteran who was struggling or in a shelter wouldn't want to be in the silkscreen business, wouldn't want to run a press or do graphic artists. But what if we could teach people to roast? And if, you know, there's back then, pre-COVID, you saw coffee shops you know, springing up all around Chicago, it would be a great way to teach another skill. So I went to a couple of other big coffee roasters in Chicago, told them my idea about bringing homeless veterans in that I would pay. And there was a little bit of pushback and no judgment. They were just a little bit worried. But I went to Joshua from Passion House and said, look, I buy your coffee. I like your coffee. You know what we do down the hall? Would you be open to me bringing in some veterans. And he thought about it for a day and said, let's do it. And so I I did a little bit of research on it as well. And it turns out that the term Cupo Joe has its derivations in the U.S. Navy. Because in 1911 and 12, 
The secretary of the Navy was a guy named Josephus Daniels, and he got on board a vessel. And as the story goes, the sailors were all having their daily rum rations, which was a thing. <laughs> oh, and, the Navy. <laughs> yeah. And he took a teeny bit of umbrage and thought maybe operating a 200-ton machine while drinking rum rations was not the best idea. <laughs> I've heard so worse. goes back. <laughs> To D.C., they passed General Order 99, which forbids alcohol aboard a vessel. So as he then starts to travel, he gets on a vessel. They only could drink coffee. And behind his back, when he would travel, they would say, oh, he's getting on board. Yeah, let's go have a cup of joe as sort of a you know, derivation and a derisive term for coffee. So I thought, what a great to meld the two, to obviously give somebody a job and teach them a skill, and to have a tie to the U.S. Navy, for us, it was just a perfect blend. No pun intended. I, I, knew, see what I, did there? I wanted to say see it. That, you beat me to it. Yeah, I beat you to it. <laughs> and it was a consumable. So I, I really did think that, you know, you might buy one or two tea or three of our T-shirts, but if you love our coffee, you might buy five bags a month. And we were fortunate that because we buy only the finest coffee and our roasters are some of the best in Chicago, that we garnered a great place in the city. And COVID hit, and a lot of our business early on, like all of it, was restaurants and hotels. So COVID hit, and of course, the first people to get really knocked flat were hotels and restaurants. Yeah. But we, we stayed alive. Frankly, since we're talking about it, one of the reasons we stayed alive is because on the Rags of Honor side, I pivoted with Walmart, where we, we were on about a thousand shelves for them, into making masks. And we made five million masks for Walmart. Hmm. And we were able to take the money that we're making on the rag side, roll it into my nonprofit that sits above both of the entities. And until the Fed money kicked in, keep all nine of our employees' rents paid and groceries coming in. And uh, so we were fortunate. On one hand, we got our tails handed to us on the coffee side, but we were bailed out by making masks. It, and he called them, didn't call them masks of honor? At the masks of honor. Yeah. yeah, my wife had the idea and she said, let's just pitch the idea. And so we pitched it to the buyer at Walmart and she went out and built the website. We talked to our, and they're, it's all, they were all supposed to be t-shirts, but we pivoted at the time with our producer out in California and just pivoted from t-shirts to masks and we were the first ones in walmart with masks we had six different versions oh nice remember you made it back from the vendor row at walmart and you were and you were alive to talk about it so good for you <laughs> yeah it couldn't have been nicer to me by the way can't say enough about the commitment that walmart has made to us and to the veteran space it's been tremendous they have always been i'm biased because i used to work there but they've they've always been great in the from, uh, corporate citizens and philanthropists when it comes to reaching out to the right organizations. They've aligned themselves very well that way. So that Cup of Joe story, I'm going to challenge it. Is that really a true story? <laughs> why would he, why yeah, would, that it was is. a lot of detail to just make. I know, but I, I feel like I should have known that. I, he told me something I didn't know. I just am upset that somebody would speak ill of coffee. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, they were speaking ill of Josephus Daniels, like not so much about the coffee part. But the coffee paid a price. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to drink another cup today to make that I'll right. I'll make sure I'll send you some. <laughs> An IV bag. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of jumped a little bit ahead. I'm, I'm going out of context here. So I'm so excited about that project you have near that Pullman Railroad area. Do you want to talk about that next? Sure. 
couple of years ago, the former mayor, Rahm Emanuel, had really spent a lot of resources, public and private, to help rebuild the Pullman District, which is south of Chicago, about nine miles, where the original Pullman train cars were built. And we were asked way back then if we would be interested in opening a small cafe down there because there was not a coffee shop down in Pullman as there were Whole Foods and Dutch Farms, a big Dutch, a big food producer, and Johnson and Johnson. They were all building these brand new facilities for shift workers. And we said yes. So we got a grant from the city. Then of course COVID came and things sort of came to a halt, but we stayed at it and said, what if we do, what if we Crazy idea. We're going to start a beer company, which we did, called R&R Brews. And what if we partner with a local brewer? We've got our coffee. We'll build a restaurant, a brew pub, and a drive through all in Pullman, the second floor for private dining, all to hire 50 to 60 veterans, teach them how to cook, teach them how to brew beer, run the cafe, and the drive through and do catering. And somehow... I talked the city into it. I talked the state into giving me some money. And I talked U.S. Bank into giving us some new market tax credits. We just got full sign-off from the city last week. Good for you. We, we will be in the ground in probably three months. And by next year at this time, we hope to be pouring beer and slinging burgers. Yep. And there's some reason we need to go to Chicago. Then. There is absolutely <laughs> a reason. No. We make a field trip. But that, and it's like a 16,500 square foot facility, if I remember correctly. Is that, is that the it size? Is. Yeah. Yes. That's going to be great. So no one's ever built one. We will be the first ever to build a brew pub, restaurant, drive through, all under one roof, and certainly the first ever to build one for veterans in the country. That's fantastic. That's your, awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. Your, your tagline, they had our backs. Now let's keep the shirt on theirs. Did you come up with that? Because you're you're almost as creative as I am. I wish I could say I did. When I first started, and again, I knew nothing about the industry and I knew nothing about silkscreening. I just wanted to make a difference. So I hired a small group called, I think, Pivot Public Relations. Okay. And I walked them through what I wanted our design to be. And one day they were having a meeting. And I said, look, we just got to, we have to keep people working. and We just have to you know, make sure that at least guys have a shirt on their back. And they said, oh, I got a tagline for you. And somebody just bat it out. I said, done. Take the rest of the day off. <laughs> month. Take a month. Take a month. <laughs> and we, we, you sort of touched on the fact that, you know, T-shirts, again, low barrier to entry, right? No barriers probably. And coffee just because it's coffee. coffee. Because it's coffee. Does it need an answer? Yeah, it's no, just coffee. No. Enough said about coffee, yeah. So another thing that's curious to, I think, both Tom and I is that both of your organizations, while they're focused on social efforts and their social enterprises, they're not nonprofit organizations. So it's very cool that they're self-sustaining. And, and so what caused you to head down that path versus turning them into nonprofits right out of the gate? I wanted to build a brand both in both instances. I did not want to be a nonprofit that had me going out Although we have a nonprofit that sits on the top of it, but we just do one event a year. But I did not want to be with my hand out 365 days a year trying to keep the doors open. If you build a brand and you work hard at it, it becomes self-sufficient, as we have. And ultimately, which will happen soon, my vision was always to turn it all, make it employee-owned. And to do that, you got to be for-profit. So I always wanted to be for-profit. took us a little time to be 
profitable, but we are there. And that's why I did it. So I didn't have to ask people for money. Yeah, I can appreciate that. That is great. Yeah. I've done fundraising for nonprofits and that's full time and there's a lot. There's lot, a lot of them out there. To it, and yeah. they, a lot of them do good work, but we want to build a business. Mark, you've spent most of your career in finance, civil service. You're, that's still going to be part of your DNA for the rest of your life. And, and yet you have two social enterprises dedicated to helping veterans. Why do you think you're so drawn to serving the folks that you serve? I'm loath to be like often people do when they say, you know, when I was growing up, my mama told me they, they tell some anecdote about their mom or their dad. Right. But if I might, I want to tell you a true story about how I grew up and why I think it was imbued. So I grew up in a family with very poor, lived on food stamps. And, uh, we grew up, of course, in Chicago on the north side, Catholic in a parish. And my mom worked at the rectory. And the first year they did this Christmas dinner for folks who were in the senior center who had nowhere to go. And of course, my aunt said, look at all the kids. We're going to help. We're going to serve these kids. And what I didn't notice is like two months leading up to it, she was going to the local certified and bringing oranges home and these little Whitman sampler, like four pieces of mm -hmm. chocolate. And just wasn't paying attention because I was you know, 17 years old. She's making them in these little stockings putting them in a box. On the day of, she got a whole three boxes of these things. We had about 25 folks from the senior center. And she said, put these in the car. We had an old beat up car. <laughs> and at the end, she says, hey, Mark, make sure everybody gets one because everybody should have a present on Christmas. And I never forgot that, that we had nothing. But she wanted to make sure that these people who had less than we did had at least something on Christmas. And so I think it's just imbued in my DNA to, to see that there's always people who are in need and they always need more than we need. Yeah. And so I, I just can't help myself. My wife is the same way. I mean, we just, it's just part of who we are. Yeah. And so kind of to tag on to, to Tom's question for you, I mean, you're, you're trying to get at the, the underlying issue of veteran homelessness, veteran unemployment. I'd be interested just in your general thoughts on what I would label as crises in both of those areas and maybe less about how we got there, but um, how do you see us fixing that? And how do you, how do you see us working our way out of that? Well, it's big. You don't want to do it the way I did it. You, I mean, we started with, but took the money that, that I made in Afghanistan, I literally paid taxes on it. And I just used my savings. I mean, that's how I got there. It's not a get rich quick scheme and you can't expect everybody to do it, but I just did it to just start hiring people because they needed the job. So there's a couple of ways to get there. One is obviously, if you're a big company, to make an effort to try and work to hire veterans and to reach out in your localities to find out, and there always are, yeah. shelters that have veterans either an outpatient or living there. And I literally just went down and sat down and hired my first five or six just in the first day. We didn't even have any business. Wow. I just put them on a payroll. I had six people on a payroll for a year with no business <laughs> as they trained with a former Marine how to be silkscreen operators. So the one thing to do is to literally just go and, and reach out and see if you can just hire one. Another thing that people can do, especially if you're listeners and they work for other big banks or other companies and they either don't have the need right now to hire or they don't have veterans in their community, if you, you work with people, like Veteran Roasters or Rags of Honor, 
find veteran organizations that hire veterans. I would say there are a lot of good ones out there. Nobody hires more than we do. Nobody finds the people who are homeless like we do. It is hard to do, and you've got to be patient. But if you find, if you're a company that needs to buy coffee, I mean, we'll use us as an example, but there are, there's uh, EOD chocolates out there. He's a, he was a, an explosive ordinance guy who lost his sight in an explosion, and now he makes amazing chocolates, right? So find companies that, that hire veterans, use their services. That is a way to give back without having to go through the rigors of trying to hire veterans and bring them on board if you don't need to hire anybody. Right. Mark, I, uh, I'll piggyback on that, too, because I know on your LinkedIn, I see that an organization called MVAT, right, Foundation. There's also, it seems like there's been a lot of companies that have kind of come out of the ground over the last several years focused on veterans. We're, we're volunteering at Veterans Community Project this week in Kansas City and St. Louis and in Colorado area. There's Wounded Warriors, Vietnam Vets of America, Southeastern Guide Dogs, Homes for Our Troops, all these organizations that really are primarily focused on serving the veterans. And I, maybe that, that demand we talked about and the needs are, are so vast that maybe that's why all these organizations are working hard to help our veterans. Yes, there's, there are 20 million veterans living in America. At any given time, there's over 100,000 that are chronically homeless. There are still about 20 to 22 who take their own life every single day. And according to Admiral Mullen, two years ago, the military estimates that there's about 400,000 who are at risk of being homeless, and that was pre-COVID. So my wife is a documentarian, and she is working on a film, as I told you, and we're following three women and three men as they try and reintegrate from their active service. And even in the best of cases, it is hard because when you separate and you leave that unit that you've become so accustomed to and you're back in the civilian world that may not understand what you've been through, it is hard to find your place in the line. And so you have seen a rapid increase in the last six, seven years of people who fill that void. Wounded Warriors was in first. Arguably, they've had their troubles. Mm-hmm. And most of them, as you know, are nonprofits. They all go out and raise money every year. Right. There are companies out there like Grunt Style that do a great job in T-shirts and Black Rifle Coffee. They have a great coffee company. They don't hire veterans, but I think they do a lot to try and give back. And look, the government, you know, people, it is easy to, to, to go after the VA, and it's, they have certainly made their mistakes. But the VA sees about 23 million patients a year more than any other healthcare system, maybe in the world. And 20 years and two wars has broken the U.S. Army and has broken the VA and has broken the healthcare system. So this is, this the aggregate of all this is what you're seeing now, of people like us trying to fill that void. Well, that's the great work that you're doing that is filling the void too. And you think about unemployment probably is one of the root causes of homelessness. But the endowment of jobs, the creation of jobs that you're doing at Veteran Roasters too, that's coming up in the next nine months, you're transforming their lives, right? So do you, uh, not to, you don't have to go into any stories per se, but yeah. are there, are there things that come to mind that how you have made it, made a huge difference in their lives? Well, I don't want to bore you listeners, but I've got a hundred stories. Literally, we've hired a hundred. time to write a book. Five. You got to write a book now. Yeah. If you have a hundred stories, you got a book. Can make yeah. a documentary. Documentary, yeah. 
and it is, you know, again, one of the things my, my wife is working on now. But Dion, Dion has been with me for eight years. Dion was in 10 foster homes growing up, joined the Navy, was a corpsman in the Navy, and came out. And, you know, his last foster parent said to him, you're never going to amount to anything. And off he went. So he had no social safety net when he came out, and he ended up in the homeless shelter. Because like so many of them, with a high school education, you go into the military, you don't make any money, so you don't save any money. If you come out and you lose your job, you're one paycheck away from having nowhere to go. And if you have no family who can help you, and we have seen this play out over the last 10 years, you end up in the shelter. Mm -hmm. So between Dion, who's now has been with me, who has a car and an apartment and a nice flat screen and a good life, and Jesse, who... Jesse is a Navy veteran who heard me on WGN radio one day four years ago talking about the coffee company and Rags of Honor. And the next day he shows up and walks in and says, hey, my name is Jesse. And my mom heard you on, on WGN yesterday and I just lost my job and I have a daughter and I need to work. And I called down to the we were at the Rags. So I called down to the coffee roaster. I said, Brandon is a Navy veteran is our partner. I said, I'm sending the guy down. He's hired. <laughs> Jesse just didn't he was incredulous right I, he said I start today he said yeah get down there you start today so Jesse is still with me Jesse learned how to brew cold brew and he makes some of the best cold brew in Chicago uh, Alan Banks another Navy veteran Alan's been with me now for 10 years Alan had a great job his whole life he was working for a candy company here that closed their doors put everybody on the street he ended up in the shelter so you know, I, I can go on, yeah. but we, we just, we find the ones that nobody's going to find and all, they don't want to, and they'll say, if you, if you go to rags of honor us and you scroll down and you click on the CBS story about us, you'll hear in Tamika's own words that, you know, we don't want a hand out. We just need a hand up. Mm -hmm. And that's all they ever want is a little hand up. To be able, but to be able to pick up a phone and after hearing you on WGN and saying I need a job and you say yes in thirty two point seven seconds and, <laughs> and I mean how how great is that for a feeling for that person thinking that they're going back to square one and you're there with to help them. It is one of this is going to be obviously self evident, yeah. but the amount of times I have said just these words that are so life changing, and if you've never been in this position. It might not mean as much to you, but if anybody listening ever has, you will know what I mean. When somebody looks at you and you don't have a dollar to your name and you're living either in a shelter or you just lost your job and somebody says, hey, you are hired. Yeah. Those are some of the most transformational words you can say. Absolutely. And I've had grown men start to cry in front of me. I'm sure it's just a wave of relief. and. I think you alluded to it a second ago, but I want to check that I heard you right. How many veterans have you been able to help, Mark? We've hired over 100 over the last eight years, 105, 109 if you count uh, veteran roasters as well. Well, we're counting them. That's yeah. awesome. We're counting them, yeah. <laughs> we talked about your new venture coming because it sounds like it's some, I think we're going to be VIPs at the grand opening. Yes. We'll do the ribbon, ribbon oh, cutting yes. ceremony. Yeah, it's a brew brew house, but I'm gonna go and drink coffee. You'll be, you'll be chairs with your names on the back. Don't worry, like okay. a little gold podcast microphone maybe. at the bar. Absolutely, excellent. We'll take it on the road. I don't know how that works, but we will. 
So, you know, like, where does it where does it end with you, Mark? You know, just reading your intro, I knew you're a busy guy, but you just keep finding ways to expand and to help more people. What's next for you? I mean, I mean, like Tom said, you talked about your upcoming R&R brew, but what do you see beyond that in terms of how you're going to help veterans? I'm hoping I just retire someday, but no. let's assume I'm not. No. Retire. You don't strike me as retirement no. material. No. Nope. Like, here's what I don't think so anytime soon. Uh, this is a bit of a, a hope for me and a dream, but if we build this correctly, and as a sidebar, the Veteran Community Project, Jason Kander, I think, is associated with yep. that, and they're looking to come to Chicago, oh, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm going to meet with them because... This is sort of an answer to your question. One part of it is we're going to build a facility down in Pullman close to us for veterans. So we'll be able to build a community that they can walk to work, have a very nice place to live, come be together at a place, make a living wage, and then have a nice place to live. So we might partner with them. Should I keep it secret? Keep it secret. We breaking news right here because we a friend of ding, mine ding, knows ding, Jason Fender. We need breaking news uh, music. <laughs> and get breaking news. Put it on the cryon or whatever. <laughs> I don't think we're fancy uh, enough to have a cryon. No, plus it's audio uh, only. So, <laughs> well, that's one of my visions is to partner if if it's them or somebody else. So that would be amazing. If we build this right, I would love to. Uh, so the final answer to the question is build these in more than one location. Build a model that we can drop a brewing, roasting, a drive through facility into three different cities, mm-hmm. all run for and by veterans, take the model and export it. Love it. And as again, and I have joking about retiring, but my wife and I didn't do this to make money and we did this to give people a chance. And so my view is if we can build this and make them employee owned and give everybody who comes the shot at title and a bite at the apple and own a part of a business that you go to every day. When we get there and we've done that, then I can say, my work here is done. You guys take it from here. Those are some great quotes. and I'm glad we captured those for the podcast and for our listeners too, because that's great guidance and great commentary about what you're doing and what you hope your legacy is. And I don't know if people can sit on their hands and just wait, because I think the excitement and opportunities of what great things you're doing for our veterans would allow them the opportunity to maybe step up and help you. Is there something they can do, whether they're outside the Chicago area or inside the Chicago area or anywhere around the globe to help you with your initiatives? Sure. And this is, again, as you know, we I, maybe I didn't say it, but my wife and I, we don't take any money from these ventures. And so I never have a problem asking for money because none of the money comes in goes to us anyway. But so simple. We try and make it easy. If you want to help a veteran, come buy a t-shirt. Or if you need a, f- a thousand t-shirts for a fun run in your neighborhood, go to ragsabouter.us or, or email me at marketragsabouter.us. If you have a company that we distribute all over the country, come to just email me and buy our coffee. We try to make it so simple for people who do want to help veterans. Buy coffee, buy t-shirts. If anybody if there's a corporation who wants to make a donation, we have ragsofhonor.one. It's a full 501c3. And all that does, we don't even have an executive director. If I raise 200000 I give it all away. So a lot of ways to help. Yeah, we should mention those websites. I don't think we've done that enough there, but Rags of Honor, right? Uh, US. US. Yeah. And for veteran roasters. It's veteranroasters.com. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. 
Well, we surely appreciate having you on today, Mark. And we I'd invite you to hang out with us for just one more minute before we, we wrap. What are, um, we, are we playing a game? We are. We're going to play the Military Minute. So bear with bear with us, Mark. Okay. Last week's military minute. Tony. I want to see if Mark knows. Oh, this so yeah. If he knows about Cup of Joe, he better know this question. Yeah, that's kind right? of yeah, okay. his, historical pressure. So last last week's trivia <laughs> question, Mark, was on Swiss history. You might the Swiss Constitution prohibits Swiss citizens from participating in foreign military service except for the military re- unit responsible for guarding what area in Europe? Well, what is the answer? Got to be the Vatican, right? Smartest, oh, you know, I Tom didn't know. True story. I had to drive someone around to the branches I used to manage in Florida, and I couldn't find two of the locations. What's that have to do with the Vatican? Well, the fact that I have no idea what I have no idea what's in Europe. Oh, all right, that's the point. All right, I appreciate you closing. Couldn't, couldn't find my way out of a paper bag. Is that the okay. something like that? So if, if you guessed right, right, or actually answered correctly, and you posted on our social media, watch for your name on our social media platforms to see if you won fifty dollars for yourself and fifty dollars for a charity of your choice. Um, and so this week's military minute, I actually probably would know this if you would have asked me a cold, which is maybe the first time in 31 episodes. So what movie recently became one of the top five highest grossing films of all time? Crickets. Nobody answered. Nobody answered. <laughs> and so same thing. If you know the answer, post it when we drop this podcast and you'll also be eligible for a chance to win $50 for you, $50 for a charity of your choice. I can't help but think that would buy a lot of cool t-shirts. And some coffee. And some coffee, so you could sit around in your t-shirt and drink said coffee. It's, like, a, it's, it's, it's a win for Well, I'll go one better. If somebody guesses, send them to me, and I'll send them a bag of coffee. Oh, can I answer? Oh, that's good. <laughs> yes, I'll send you one anyway, so don't worry. <laughs> He's sensing that I have a problem, I think. I think he just threw out a challenge, though, right? Yes, but, yes. All right. He's Never before done. Don't. First time, do the breaking news thing again. Put it on the crayon. Get it on the crayon. What? I must keep, have whenever you say crayon, I think of Crayola. Do so you know what, what a crayon what is? is? It's the thing at the bottom of the screen on a news channel where they. Oh, put is that what a crayon is? Yeah. I, I thought it was after Cryon. I saw a sad movie, but no. All right, we'll tell you about it later. Okay. But, no, wait, thank you again, Mark. <laughs> I want to say the websites one more time because you're right. I don't think we did that often enough. Ragsofhonor.us and veteranroasters.com. Check them both out, please. And what were you going to say, Tom? I was going to say if you enjoyed today's episode, go out to afbank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure to rate us. Leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Excellent. Fantastic, Mark. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the Militarily Speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.